This is podcast number 47, uh, a great thanks podcast. podcast. Uh, we'd like to thank uh, Sax Dude Malloy for his awesome saxophone cover of the Game Cola opening tune. Uh, everyone, give him a round of applause. Woo! Yay! Yay! Yeah. Uh, Hooray! A, uh, yeah, thanks. Hooray! A listener actually submitting something cool for once. Hey! They always submit cool <laughs> stuff, right? Some of them. Like those awesome questions about uh, President Obama and cookies and such. Yeah, golden <laughs> chocobo, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're here today to talk about uh, the Game Cola Year-End Awards, which uh, this year are, like, after the end of the year awards. Yeah, we, we postponed them a little this year to, to give everyone more time to actually play the games instead of voting about them before they got a chance to do that. Yeah, it's uh, troublesome when some games come out in time for the holiday season. And uh, no one actually gets to play them, but they slash all of the games this year. It seemed like yeah, it seemed like most of them. Uh, all the a lot of the big releases came out in November, December this year. And I, I thought it would be a little disingenuous for us to start voting on them that early before we actually got a chance to sink our teeth into them. So we pushed it back a little bit. Yes. So uh, at the time um, that this podcast is going live, the awards article itself will have been published. I'm pretty sure. Uh, however, at the time of recording, it hasn't, so nobody here but me actually knows what the award winners are. Well, you did give me the list of the top ten. That's true. Well, in fact, that's what uh, the podcast is going to be about today. Um, instead of, you know, just going over the award winners and creating kind of a redundant content like that, because there's already going to be the article, instead what I did was I took a look at the votes specifically for Game of the Year, right? And I ranked the top ten games of the year based on those votes. And I was going to present this list to everyone here today for discussion. Hilarious discussion, I hope. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That would be appropriate. Well, great it's like the VGAs, level. except without less... I don't know where I was going with that, but it's like the VGAs, except cooler. Except we will actually be talking about the games. And with less Spike TV. And I uh, promise not to teabag anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know Probably. you would if you were in the same room as one of us, though. Well, that's the only reason I can make that promise. What? Oh wait, uh, who, who's in this episode today, Jetty? Oh yeah, uh, okay. Podcast forty-seven includes uh, one. Uh, what? Does it involve tea and drinking it? Tea. It always does. This is a podcast. What are you talking about? This podcast is brought to you by uh, Bigelow Tea. Anyway. We know rate rate tea dot com, right? Tea dot com. Game tea. <laughs> what a big game cola supporters. Tea cola. They buy ads on ratings, I think. I have them on my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway, today we've got Jetty, Paul, Matt Jonas, Christian Porter, and Michael Gray. Yeah. Everyone introduce mm-hmm. yourselves. Well, Paul just did. Oh, but they you didn't say what you do. Oh, fine. Paul, what do you do for Game Cola? I am Game Cola's editor in chief, and I uh, sometimes write the column minus the pudding, the best of Xbox Live indie games. Uh, Christian, do you do anything? Not really. But by the time this comes out, my new column called Power Gloves and Tinfoil Hats will be out. Wow. Sounds like a good one. Uh, Michael Gray, when was the last time you did anything for Game Cola? Uh, um, besides recording video footage, I don't think I've done anything. Oh. Well, you, you, you participate in the video recordings occasionally as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that you're, counts. You're also on the podcast like, For, like, the site proper... Yes. Uh-uh. However, we do have Matt Jonas here, and he has written every single article that was on Game Cola yes. for the last year. I, I I think it's fair to say that Matt Jonas has written as much as everyone else in this podcast combined. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if not more. Thank you, Matt Jonas. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> for carrying us. Yes. yes. Dragging us more like it. Matt Jonas Cola. <laughs> so, top ten video games. Well, uh- Matt Jonas didn't actually get to introduce himself, however. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. 
I am Matt Jonas. You may have seen me from such game color content as videos, podcasts, and news posts. How was that? That was that was excellent. Pretty good. Hell yeah. Pretty good. It was. I would say it was delightful. <laughs> Didn't you only just do one video? For... Oh, at I've, least I've done three videos for Game Cola. Oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Michael Gray's just making Pac-Man sounds now. <laughs> so, top ten games of 2011. Yes. But before we get into that, I'd like to talk about a few of the honorable mentions that received votes, but uh, not quite enough votes to break the top ten. All right. Honorable mention number one, The Binding of Isaac. That was Anyone? that was what? a... Uh, I didn't play it, but I heard about it because it was an indie game. I believe it's by the, the, the guy who made Super Meat Boy. Can anyone uh, confirm, deny that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is yes. the same dude. I believe uh, Stuart Jip is a big fan of that game. But I'm not sure anyone else on the staff is, hence why it didn't break the top ten. I like Super Meat Boy. I didn't even know about that game. Oh, I think I think it came out uh, toward the very end of the year, maybe November, December, kind of like everything oh. else. Uh, I want to say it has something to do with traveling through a woman's reproductive organs. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that. And it's not about like being a fetus and giving birth. I don't. Well, actually, it might have something to do with that also. Uh, um, I'm really not the person to talk about this. Uh, but it's a video game, and people like it. I'm already intrigued. <laughs> All right, number two on the honorable mentions list, Dark Souls. Whatever that was. <laughs> That's a I've, really hard game. I've heard game it was very hard. A lot is my uh, understanding. Oh. Like Super Meat Boy. Except uh, I, I think the death in this game isn't quite as fun because when you die, you have to actually go back and repeat stuff that takes more than five seconds. Lame. Um, so Dark Souls, anyone else? Anyone? Nah. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> and number three, Little Big Planet 2 did not break the top oh, ten. Oh, come on. I know. Actually, uh, I not played in the top ten. I played some of that game, actually. I, I feel like, because I personally uh, did not vote for it for the, for my game of the year, and I feel like, in retrospect, I probably should have, uh, since Little Big Planet 2 actually played a part in my wedding reception. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what it says about me that that wasn't important enough to crack my own top three, but... Yikes. That was the only time I've seen that game, and I have no idea what was going on the entire time. Yeah, you know, a lot of people said that. Um, for anyone who didn't read my wedding post, uh, basically, my best man, Matt Gardner, fellow Game Cola contributor, uh, programmed a level of Little Big Planet 2 for me and my wife to play during our wedding reception in lieu of a first dance. We did a first game instead. Wow. Uh, so that was I awesome. I wish I did that. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. But I, I can't speak for anyone else, but the reason I didn't vote for it was because while it was an excellent, like the game itself was an excellent set of new Little Big Planet levels, like it really just felt like, to me, kind of a, a DLC pack to the first game. A very long DLC pack, mm -hmm. but it didn't really feel like a new game. I felt that it added a lot of things that needed to be in there, a lot of new construction tools. But apart from that, it didn't really do anything new. Yeah. It wasn't groundbreaking. Yeah, what I heard of it, it was going to be this massive, amazing new thing, and everything's going to be new, and it didn't. It seemed minimally different. Good, so, but minimally yeah, different. Exactly. That that doesn't necessarily make it a bad game. I mean, Little Big Planet One was our game of the year, the game it came out. So more of that is not a bad thing, but hmm, just wasn't enough, I guess. All right, those are the honorable mentions. Number ten. This is one I had to actually uh, do a tiebreaker for. Uh, I had to call a vote of the Game Cola Board of Directors to figure out what number 10 was going to be. Uh, what was number 11? Or, well, I guess it was one of the <laughs> no, other ones. That would be uh, Binding of Isaac and Dark Souls. They were tied oh. for number 10. Little Big Planet 2 did not even make the tie. Yikes. Yeah. But um, we, we held our vote, and the winner for number 10, Star Wars The Old Republic. Oh. Oh, hey. Yeah. That's an online game, right? It is. It is an MMO by the creators of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. I beta tested that, and it was a really neat version of World of Warcraft. <laughs> but other than that, it was World of Warcraft, <laughs> and I just got grossly bored with it. How long did it take you to get bored of it? An hour. Ouch. And they actually they told me next week, they were like, hey, we selected you for beta again this week, and I said, no thanks. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, um... Uh... I have I, my only experience with the game is being mildly disappointed that it wasn't KOTOR 3. Yeah. 
which I'm, I'm probably not the only one uh, in that category. I what does that mean, that. KOTOR? Uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, High fashion. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes. I really wish it just needed more fashion options. <laughs> it needs to be <laughs> more in that couture. Yes. Uh, but no, um, uh, Knights of the Old Republic 1, or two, 1 and 2 were a couple of uh, action-adventure RPG games that came out uh, in, the, in the 2000s based on Star Wars. Very story-driven, lots of... Lots of emotional choices you had to make, and and generally very fun games. So, um, personally, I didn't really, I have no interest in MMOs, so I was kind of upset when they were working on this instead of the third one. But that's just me. It's number Anthony. ten, number ten best game of 2011, so it must just be a, a couple of us. Yeah. Well, let's see if any of us have played uh, number nine. Number nine. All right. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm going to preface this by saying I have no idea how this game got on the list because I, I have no idea who on this staff actually plays this sort of game. Gears of War three. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, okay. At I least can justify we, it. At least we have someone on the podcast who knows about the game. Thank goodness. For, for such an adventure game, heavy staff, I, I found that very surprising. <laughs> so Matt, tell us why this game is so wonderful. Well, I I really like the Gears of War series for the cooperative aspect, you know, being able to play it with other players, especially those who are in the same room as you. And although, as far as I'm aware, you can still only play it two-player, it was such a great campaign with this remarkable story that just kept you through it. The only problem being that it petered out near the end and there was a few characters who killed themselves that didn't need to. I played the first one, and I got, <laughs> I got bored halfway through it, and I stopped, but... I don't I don't hate shooters or anything. I do play first person shooters every now and again. And I've been meaning to pick it up again because I've heard from everyone that it's so great, it's really excellent and I guess I just needed to give it more of a chance. The mechanics of the game are good. The way it feels, the way it controls mm-hmm. is it's really tight. It just feels correct, as it were. And I noticed too, it was uh, pretty high in the running for a couple other categories. Uh, I think Best multiplayer, it was it was doing pretty well in that category, so I guess it has a really great multiplayer mode as well. I wouldn't actually know, because I, apart from the cooperative, <laughs> I don't have Xbox Live anymore. Well, never mind then. Yeah. I'm too cheap. Well, usually here at Game Cola, it's the other way around. We usually uh, have Xbox Live, but we don't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we ever play games with each other? <laughs> well, this is pathetic. Well, no, I mean, Game Cola staff has been playing uh, a lot of Words with Friends recently. Why don't we play yes. real games with each other? Hey. Oh. What is wrong with Words with Friends, man? <laughs> I like Words with Friends. I like owning all of the other Game Cola staff. It's, it's, it's made by it's Zynga, that's why. And it's, it's pretty much Scrabble, except it's a Facebook game and they couldn't call it Scrabble. But it's almost exactly week, the same. This week, for some reason, everyone found my name on that, and I've been in a perpetual state of scrabbling ever since. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty pretty uh, delighted that I beat you in our first matchup together. That was exciting, Christian. Did you? Um, well, I, I beat you oh, because yeah. you, you accidentally uh, quit the game. Yes, because <laughs> it, it gave me this weird jumble of letters and numbers. I was like, is this some kind of spam bot? So I was going to research what it was, and I got out of the screen. I guess getting out of the screen means I don't want to play with you. And I ruined your fine opening word of fart. <laughs> I had the same problem when I was playing with Lizzo, because we both started games with each other at the same time. So we, we ignored one of the games, and since I had started that one, I lost because I didn't do anything with it. Yikes. I think that's kind of a flaw that there's no way to, to quit without getting a big you-lose sign. You're not playing on the iPad, right? I am not. I'm playing on Facebook. Yeah. Okay, so the number nine game of the year was Words with Friends, then? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's what yes, we've decided. Number nine. Yeah, I think, I think we, we're going to have to make some adjustments to the list. Was, was that, did that come out in 2011? Because maybe we should have nominated that. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think, I think Hangin' was Released 2009. Released in 2009. Uh, oh. I think Hangin' with Friends might have came out last year. Hangin' with Friends? Hangin' with Friends. I played about a month of that and then stopped. I couldn't get into it. I like it because it requires less thought. <laughs> it requires more luck. <laughs> that too. All right, number eight. This one I like uh, because it is also the winner of the most disappointing game of 2011. <laughs> then how is it in the top yes. ten? I have no idea. Well, actually, no, I do know because... 
because um, I mean, there there were two uh, lines of thought in the staff. Some people really liked the game, and some people really didn't. So the people who liked it voted for for Game of the Year. People who didn't both voted for for Miss Disappointing. Although I think there was at least one person who voted for it for both. <laughs> Could have been me. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, number eight, Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah. Wow. It's number eight on the top best. This is the best games of 2011. This beat. Little Big Planet too. <laughs> yes, yeah, by by several uh, places. Yep. You can nuke them forever. Um, I I would actually personally, I would come out in defense of this game. Um, there was one level that I thought was just the worst, and anyone who's played the game probably knows what I'm talking about. The worst, yeah. most misogynistic thing I've ever seen, and horrifying mm-hmm. too. Where oh. oh, I don't even want to talk about it. It was just it oh, completely ruined the game for me until I kept playing it, and after that. It was still, like, bad, but it was more goofy bad, kind of in, in tongue-in-cheek, intentionally goofy bad kind of mm-hmm. game. And at that point, I, I found myself enjoying it in the same way that I enjoyed Duke Nukem 3D, at least, from uh, however long ago that was. And I feel like a lot of the people who, strong, who come out in strong opposition to the game, I feel like one of the things, they, they got to that level and kind of ended up judging a lot of the game based specifically on that level. And I don't really think that's fair because the tone of that one level is not pervasive throughout the whole game. I mean, it's it's kind of there in some of the other levels, but it's not so much a focal point. I almost picked it up the other day because it finally dropped down to a price I felt I could justify for it because Newegg was selling it for six bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I'd waited. I bought okay. it for for thirty two pounds, which I think is almost like fifty dollars. Yeah. Right, that sounds about right. Forty five dollars. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I would find Probably I would I would have been very disappointed if I had paid full price for this game. Or even but a high price. Game, which is why I voted both disappointing and greatest. Oh my number one vote for game of the year. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah um I, I end uh, personally I got it off of Guzek so I, I traded points for it that I got from other games. And I also, like, this game was available on GooseX from day one, and it's pretty much been constantly available ever since. If if it had, like, a co-op mode, I probably would have gotten it for all of my friends, too, because it would have been awesome. No such luck. Duke Nukem Forever, number eight game of 2011. Anyone else uh, have anything they want to say about that? Nope. Nope, we'll get nah. to a game I've played eventually. Uh, I... We will. Not the next game. <laughs> <laughs> Back to we the will, future. Okay. No, I'm looking at the list right now. I've actually seen several games that I know you have played. Yeah. Oh, good. Maybe not several. Multiple might be the yeah. game. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but it's not going to be number seven. Number seven in the year 2011. Mm-hmm. Batman Arkham City. Seven? Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wasn't it number one in the Spike TV Presents the Spike TV Game Awards? It was, wasn't it? Was it? I don't. I don't remember because I don't remember the awards portion because it flashed by so quickly. <laughs> I remember Felicia Day chopping things and yeah, eating cup, cupcakes. The Joker yes. was the best new character. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So Batman, former uh, the the uh, sequel to another game called the Game of the Year of years past. Yeah. All right, Arkham City. Yeah. It is Arkham City. I thought Batman lived in Gotham City. Oh, yeah. Well, that was until Hugo Strange got a hold of Arkham Asylum, and he convinced them to block off part of the city of of Gotham City and make it an extended Arkham Asylum. What? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're making that up, or is that actually like... That's the plot. That is the plot of the game, yeah. (laughs) Shows how much I play video games. (laughs) It was really good though. It was an amazing game, and uh, it was it was a really fun game. And I think it probably would have been game of the year in any other year. It's just last year was really good for games. Apparently, uh, six other games beat it. Also, yeah. also we're uh, not Spike TV. Yes. Well, I'm surprised they didn't have like Call of Duty be number one or something. Yeah, I was gonna say I I think that's actually a pretty reasonable choice for a Spike TV audience. Yeah, that's that's not bad. I think we talked about this before, but their selections, like, their award winners weren't actually that bad. It was just the presentation was, like, there was not a worse way they could have possibly done that. <laughs> well, I think they kept a bunch of people who actually played a video game or two in the boiler room of their studios, and they were like, toil, work, <laughs> put together your lists, nerds. We're going to go make teabag jokes and boob jokes. And the teabag joke was so hilarious that they had to do it twice. Uh, yep. Good times. Yeah. Also, uh, 
for anyone who's listening to this who didn't uh, listen to the last podcast, the last podcast was actually... A couple podcasts ago, I think. Was it? Oh, yeah, at this point, I guess yeah, it yeah. would be. Yeah, okay, two podcasts ago, we had uh, our live commentary on uh, the Video Game Awards, so if you want to go listen to that, you can uh, hear us make fun of it for a whole two hours. Yeah, that was fun. We should do that again. Yeah, well, maybe next year. This year. Well, this year. Yeah, yeah. okay, this <laughs> <Right>. year, yeah. <laughs> No. Batman? Final thoughts on Batman? It was good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's continue. To number six. Mm-hmm. The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Bleh. <laughs> I refuse to play it. I played it for an hour. <laughs> you guys are brutal. <laughs> Ouch. So how did it make it to number six when none of us uh, seemed to have liked it? So maybe, uh, maybe maybe the podcasters uh, in this episode are not indicative of the staff of, as a whole. <laughs> that could be. It's actually kind of funny when I was when I was uh, tabulating the results. There were there were really like very distinct blocks of people who were voting for the same things. <laughs> I guess none of them are here. <laughs> we need Mike and Vanji. They the, them and like like three or four other people like always consistently voted the same. It was really weird. They talked about this whole brand. So so Mike just basically sent in his his ballot twice and just did it on Banshee's account. <laughs> Actually, hmm. uh, they a weren't sweet idea. they weren't exact, but they were they were very very close. So he switched a couple around just to make it seem like it wasn't the case. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's how the uh, the Smurfs dancing game ended up on the list. I'm sure. Wait, the Smurfs dancing game no. won Game of the Year. <laughs> it's number you two. Here for no. a scoop. I wish I. I kind of want to play that game. I'll be honest. <laughs> it would be a great choice for uh, Christian Porter's upcoming Q&A cola, Q&A cola, which I always pronounce Quame Cola in my head. Quame now. Cola. Yes. I pronounce it question and answer me cola. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but did, did you guys see the video of, of... What's the bad guy from Smurfs? Gargamel. The video of Gargamel dancing around to, like, who let the Smurfs out, it just looked like the best hilarious no. thing I've ever seen. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a parody. <laughs> that was real gameplay footage from the yeah. Smurfs dance party or whatever. Wow. If only that game was on the Kinect, and I and then I could have further justification in getting achievement points, but it's just a Wii game. Oh. And that's why Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword is number six. It's, um, they tried to do something different with this game, which I applaud them for. What was that? <laughs> Um, you have to hold your sword up. Instead of yeah. making it a Zelda game, you just do the funky chicken instead. No, they actually tried to develop Zelda's character a bit beyond just she's the person you need to save. So they developed her character for like 20 minutes, and then she got kidnapped, and now she's the person you need to save. So they did the opposite of what they did with Metroid Other M. Yeah. They empowered Zelda, and they took away all of Samus's power. Mm-hmm. I'm still meaning to play Other M. I picked it up the other day for a fiver. That's that's like seven or eight dollars. That is a point. <laughs> no, I I went to GameStop recently because I got a GameStop certificate for Christmas, and I was just the cheapest game available for the Wii was Metroid Other M. Is cheaper than wow. the other two Metroid games for the Wii, even came out several years early. Well, it is it is another uh, game called Award Winner got most disappointing last year, if I recall. <laughs> Get a very, very big voting block there of people who had played Metroid before and were very sad about this game. Yeah, well, wasn't there so, wasn't there an I entire believe, podcast about that? I think there was. Skyward That's probably Sword. why it also made it on the uh, the worst games list, too. So Skyward Sword. Yeah. So, so far, Sword. we we have talked about games that people in this podcast actually like, right? Oh, there was Here's Batman. War, yeah. right? okay. I love okay. Batman. Little Big Planet. There has been games we like. <laughs> okay. I don't uh, I don't know how to do a podcast like this where, like, we actually talk about these games as though they're excellent. I mean, that's the way we're presenting them. These are the top ten games. But we need to have, like, the entire staff on the podcast, I guess, to pull that off. The ones that actually liked them. Yeah. I guess if I'd thought of head, I could have asked, like, specific people to join. Oh, well. If you want Number me to five. lie about the games, I can. Perhaps this would have been a good candidate for casting our own pods. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Interesting. Maybe next year. Anyway. Number five. Back to the Future, the game, not number pretty one. Awesome. Number pretty five. Awesome, I must say. I would say I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy. I I feel like we are like the only website on the internet that would have even included Back to the Future on their top ten list at all. 
In fact, I know uh, there are a lot of people who particularly dislike this game as an adventure game because the puzzles are, are a little on the easy side, but... Um, That's I, why I've I, hesitated. That's why it's still in my backlog. Yeah. But well, I am going to get to it eventually, and it looks good. Yeah, well, I, I really think the, the, the people who like it, I don't think they... They don't necessarily like it because of the, the adventure game aspects, I would say. I think mm. they like it more because of the revisiting of the Back to the Future universe, because of being able to interact with all of these characters that they've known and loved since 1985. I think that's what makes the game more than anything else. That's what makes it interesting, though, because in the case of me, I've been enjoying getting into the into the universe of Back to the Future, and I haven't seen a single one of the movies. <laughs> Yikes. I know, it's pretty bad. There, there, there are some problems with the game which don't bug me, such as the fact that time travel does not work at yes. all the way they, it should. They, they like they completely make up uh, the rules of travel, time travel as they go along, contradict themselves and contradict the movies, and that gets a little iffy at times. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, it did not. I, I would say it did not meet um, my not not necessarily my expectations. It met my expectations. It did not meet my hopes. The, uh, the perfect Back to the Future adventure game would have uh, been a little more heavy on the adventure game side. I'll agree with people who say that. But At least it was not a hidden objects game like you thought it would be. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talked about this a little. We have, um, on the Game Cola YouTube page, we YouTube channel, we've been playing through all the different episodes of this game. And we talked a little about how we think uh, the, 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 the challenge of the game was a little was kind of toned down to appeal to a more casual audience who might see Back to the Future of the game on, on their GameStop wall shelf and uh, decide to pick it up just for that, and maybe who aren't that interested in brain teasers and, and uh, complex noggin stretching, if that's a phrase. It is now. Well, well, let's be realistic. I don't think Marty would be able to get through the game if it involved <laughs> complex puzzles and brain teasers. That is a fair point. And, Matt, and you know how long it took him in the first game to actually get a, a bottle of alcohol? Yes. There's a surprising just number of... the time machine to go back to, back to like the 80s and get one there. No, he has to solve complex puzzles to get one during Prohibition. <laughs> Obviously, this makes a lot more sense. That puzzle was great. No, it was. Just keep telling the guy to add spice to his soup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but all in all, I I think it certainly makes sense on Game Cola's top ten, and I do think it was a great game. Absolutely, it was entertaining. Number four, Bastion. Oh, Sebastian and uh, wait, no, no, yes, Bastion and Ariel. Yeah, is this a yes. sing along? Well, it's it's a Kingdom Hearts uh, spinoff actually. Oh, where you you so... play as them, but uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with. Disney series at all. They're just the main characters. Wow. So yes, Bastion. Bastion, actually. <laughs> is he telling the truth, or is this a joke? <laughs> I can't tell, because I've never heard of this game before. Uh, <laughs> no, that was that was, that was was me being a little bitter about the, the, the path that Kingdom Hearts games as of late have taken. Uh, no. Uh, Bastion. It's an indie game. Uh, it's on is Xbox. Is it the game with the narrator? Yes, yes it is. Yes. yes. The game with the narrator. So, okay. Okay, was I correct that uh, Rux is the uh, best new character of 2011? I cannot confirm or deny that. No? Though, though the listener sure can. No. I'm, I can I'm too. not going to say, but I have a prediction yes. for character of the year. It's pretty obvious. But I'm keeping shtum. Yeah, Christian actually knows because he just, uh, like right before the podcast, wrote the blurb for it. <laughs> yes. Well, I nominated the cow from uh, Harvest Moon, Tale of Two Towns, but Paul said no. Yeah, that was that was one of a few instances where I had to to throw my editorial weight around, and and because I, I I did not want another another seagull incident. I'll put it that way. He abused his power with me too when I nominated every game that didn't use it to best motion controls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke because you don't like motion controls. You get it? Yeah. Sebastian. Sebastian. I know, I know yeah. at least a few people in here have played the game before. Jenny, why don't you tell us a little about Bastion? Uh, how much should I say? Because I, uh, like Christian, wrote a little something about this game immediately before the podcast. <laughs> well, what is it? Uh, it's a video game. It has a narrator, apparently. Yes. Uh, no, Bastion is a cool indie game. Uh, I don't know. I debate calling it an indie game because it was published by, uh, Warner Brothers? 
Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. Yeah, but at the same time, I realize it had a small crew and etc. and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, no, it's pretty neat. It has a narrator who's talking throughout uh, the vast majority of the game, telling you the story as you play, which is uh, pretty cool. Like, there are points where he changes what he says based on what you're doing. So instead of just being a single uh, monologue, he does make comments on like, oh, uh, you just fell through a hole. Good job, idiot. You know. Can we get you to do an impression of the narrator? Uh, no. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Mumble, mumble, something. The kid. That was perfect. <laughs> I, don't know, I did like where he commented on me bashing stuff up in the beginning of the game. Just uh, if you start randomly flailing around once you get the hammer, he's like, the kid just kind of you know flails around for a while. Did anyone else? Ooh, what's... Did, did anyone else play the game? I, I I played it, but I didn't really like it. No? No, I didn't. Why not? <laughs> I, I played that, it a like, bit. The, the main reason I bought the game was I the the narration. Because I saw the trailer they released like a year ago, and I just thought that was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. But um, I just I didn't find the gameplay that in, or the story that interesting. I'm I'm not one for stories where it just seems like it's intentionally vague because it's trying to kind of appear deep but there but there is no there there just is no depth they just want it to seem like it's deep and i was kind of getting that impression for bastion but uh, i also didn't play the whole game so maybe it does get uh, a little more involved so I, I that that part kind of bored me and uh i don't know i just didn't really get into the gameplay that much at all yeah that's uh the one thing i struggled with when i voted for the game as most innovative because the gameplay isn't really what's innovative about it. Like, it's a decent game for what it is, but that's not, like, where the innovation was. And so I I struggled with that, but at the same time, uh, I thought that the points that it did have were pretty cool. I will say that it's not the only game in 2011 that came out that has that style of narration. No? No. There are are others? Uh, Well, uh, it's possible that this game was uh, influenced by Bastion, maybe or at least influenced by previews of it, but there was a game, uh, a Kinect game called The Gunstringer that came out. Uh, oh, okay. I'm not sure when, but it, it kind of had a, a similar uh, live narration thing where it both narrated what was going on in the game and then occasionally tailored narrations to what your character was doing. But um, that will, I will give Bastion all the credit in the world for doing it first. <laughs> well, 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 speaking of narrators, I think one of my favorite parts of Fire Emblem Path of Radiance for the GameCube was the narrator even though the narrator doesn't appear until the last 30 seconds of the game. What? I'm uh, just throwing it out there. Just at the very end of the game, they just throw in a narrator to narrate what happens to all the characters in the past, you know, in the last minute or so of the game. (laughs) And he does such a great job of narrating. I'm like, why wasn't this guy there throughout the entire game? (laughs) Well, now you have a game that does that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. For the Xbox Live. And it'll kind of uh, and, make fun of you PC, whenever you're dying. Is it on PC? Feels like it should be a PC game. Okay. If okay. It is. It is. It is. Thank you. Possibly <laughs> PlayStation also. I, I only played it on Xbox. Uh, so anyway, yeah. That was number four, Bastion. And we're, at this point, we're, we're, we're getting into the point where we're at the awards that lots of people voted for these games. So uh, so surely one of us yes. should like them. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the next three each have at least one person in this podcast that liked them. But we'll see. Okay. Number three, and this is another game that is probably not appearing on too many other websites' lists, but it's <laughs> it's such a game cola game that there was no way it wasn't going to appear on ours, and it's Ghost Trick by the developers of Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Yeah. Oh yay! Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That explains there, a lot. The there's a new there's there. a new there's a new uh, Phoenix Wright game coming out, right, Paul? That, yes, that that was just announced uh, this morning, actually. Uh, again. Not really uh, breaking news by the time the podcast goes up, but Ace Attorney 5 officially announced just this morning. Wow. And I'm that was all excited. they announced. And that was literally all they announced. And I, I did hear it was posted on GameCola that it's starring uh, Voldemort. It could <laughs> no, no, star no. Voldemort. We're not sure. No, that was just a, a cheap joke at Apollo Justice's expense. Called him he who must not be named. <laughs> now I just named him. Oh, oh ouch. Yeah. But anyway, no, Ghost Trick. No, no, no. They, they released more information, actually, from this event. They they showed off one of the characters they cut out of Ace Attorney Investigations. I think, Paul, you'll like this. Her name is Inikua. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Inukai Ruka. 
a girl who only opens her heart for dolphins, forcing Edgeworth to become <laughs> friends with what? dolphins. What? <laughs> and they cut her out of the game. Oh, and they included Kay Faraday? Yes, they, they cut out the girl who was the dolphin lover. Took out the dolphin whisperer? Man. Forcing Edgeworth to become friends with dolphins. I just... <laughs> There weren't any dolphins in any of the cases. That's just fan art waiting to happen. Edgeworth riding majestically on a dolphin. I mean, draws itself. The sunset in the background. Maybe. And they released a couple of pictures of, you know, Phoenix Wright versus um, Professor Layton. It's just Phoenix and Maya on a plane going to London, though. So nothing. And a couple of pictures of the just announced HD port, uh, iOS port of Phoenix Wright, where Maya has a very strange looking chin. Now I got me an iPad. Yeah. I'm totally up for that. I'm sure that'll be great. It's just that has nothing wonder, to do with number it three. It makes you wonder why they didn't do, a, you know, HD when they, they ported the games to the Wii. If they're already, if they had an HD port of the games in the works. Hmm. Well, they probably didn't at that point. They're extremely lazy, Capcom. <laughs> <laughs> they just exported it to another company. They didn't do it themselves. At least I'm pretty sure that's what happened with the Wii version. If there's one thing they like to do, though, it's re-release and re-release and re-release. Okay. Exactly. Make yeah, you pay for the HD later. They, they haven't yet announced uh, when Ace Attorney 5 is coming out, uh, if it's coming out in the U.S. at all, um, which I, th- I think might be debatable, considering that they have two other Ace Attorney games that are not coming out in the U.S., at least as of right now. Uh, well, they haven't announced like the rain on everybody's parade. They haven't <laughs> just, the name of the game or who the main character is, I'm, and you're like, I want to release date. I'm just, I'm just trolling for, for negative Rizzy Man comments, I'll be honest. <laughs> okay, so Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. That was very nice game. Ghost very, Trick, yes. Number three. Gameplay, very, very nice. The yeah. Good characters. Great characters. And the, characters the plot, the plot line, though, was it was uh, definitely one of those games where it's like, okay, I'm going to stop as soon as I get to the end of the level, but then there's this humongous twist at the end, and then I have to play to find out what happens next. And then I end up staying up until 2 in the morning. I think um, Ghost Trick was well-received, I think, by the casual games audience. Was it? Let me see. I think they actually released it for... Um... Yeah, I've mentioned this a couple of times but they have video games at my local public library, and they released Ghost Trick, you know, as soon as it came out. Wow. Do, 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 do. What else did they release? Camp Rock, The Final Jam. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe they're uh, intentionally including more games in this program that are story and text-heavy, but uh, you just dis- disputed that. <laughs> I just disputed yeah. that. There goes that idea. That would actually be a really cool thing for them to do, to like include lots of like visual novel games and you know Phoenix Wright games, stuff like that. Sega CD FMV games. Yes. 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 So they released some Sewer Shark, perhaps. Um, <laughs> let me see. Final Fantasy: The Four Heroes of Light, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, Miniland Mayhem, and just destroying Soul Silver. I don't know what time that those games came out. It's still kind of cool that your library does that, though. That's neat. It is very neat. Yeah. <laughs> Even if most of the games are like Camp Rock's a final jam. <laughs> I bet they have that Smurfs game. I can look it up now. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that would mean you don't have to buy it. Yes. Ten, ten games match. No, ten titles match Smurfs. Oh, these look like DVDs, though. Oh. South Park: The Complete Thirteenth Season. What does that have to do with the Smurfs? <laughs> It's a little-known fact that all of these South Park, South Park characters are actually Smurfs. Oh. Yeah. No, apparently there's an episode called Dances with Smurfs in that well, scene. And that's where the game came from. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what's number two, then? Virginia. We've talked enough. We've, yes. we've avoided <laughs> talking about Ghost Trick long we, enough. We tried. I, I liked Ghost Trick quite a bit, too. Uh, I have trouble remembering the specifics because it came out in January. It was the but. plot twist at the end of the game that I really disliked. Oh, yes. when they, oh when you they, disliked that? When they re- I haven't beaten it yet. When no, they, had, no. they revealed Don't the tr- Oh, They revealed that they were all Smurfs, I know. That was cool. Hold, hold on, hold on. I'll cover my ears. No, it's, it's, it's fine. Michael won't spoil okay. it, right? How do you pronounce that character's name, though? Sissel? Sissel. Um, Sissel, so it rhymes with missile. Sure. I love missile. But, uh, I, I, I thought the gameplay was, like you were uh, briefly talking about earlier, the gameplay was really interesting. Like, you play as a dead person, you're a ghost, and uh, in each level, 
there's a specific goal you have to accomplish, and you do that by possessing different objects in your environment. And, you know, you have to possess things in a row, like, to get to them. Like, you have to possess something that's near to you at all in order to move to something that's farther away from you. And it's just really interesting the way you have to uh, interact with those objects and get them to do what you want to do. I don't know. I thought it was really cool and interesting, and I'd never seen anything like that. I think some of the idea behind that was that if you die, it's not supposed to be a bad thing. Okay. It's like they weren't trying to punish you if you end up losing the challenge. It's like if you lose the challenge, you learn something new about how to solve the challenge. That uh, didn't work that way for me. I was still pretty frustrated every time I lost. Was I the only one who like died several times on purpose just to see what would happen? I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that explains it then. I That's why there was, I there thought the dying puzzle. aspect was cool. <laughs> there was one puzzle where I, for the life of me, could not get like the timing down. I had to do it like 20 times, and, and you know, by time 15, I was I was getting a little annoyed with the game. Is that the one where they were driving like a huge piece of chicken that went crashing through a window? <laughs> <laughs> that one, I I always died on that one because I had no idea what to do. Yeah, that's a ghost trick. I I've any Phoenix Wright fans who are listening to this, which is probably everyone who is listening to this, I recommend you check the game out if you haven't already, wholeheartedly. Number two. Number one and two. Um, as I was tabulating the votes as new votes were coming in, these two were almost neck and neck, like, the entire time. And in fact, the, the game that ultimately won only won by, like, one or two persons' votes. So they're almost interchangeable. Hmm. But uh, number two, The Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim. Oh, that was my number one. Boring. <laughs> That's an RPG, right? Is it part of a series? Yeah. It is the fifth one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that explains, because I've never heard of Skyrim before, and then all of a sudden it came out, and then everybody was talking about it. It's Well, it's the fifth uh, Elder Scrolls game. The fourth one, Oblivion, came out uh, a few years ago, I think. Oh, I've heard of Oblivion. What's that? Yeah. That's a... I don't know what these games are. Is that also an <laughs> RPG? Yeah, well, they're all first-person RPGs. Yes. Western style. Yeah. Oh, so it's it's um, Final Fantasy America style then? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it, there's not, like, turn-based combat or anything. It's yeah. from the first-person perspective, and, you know, you're you're pushing A to hit something with your sword and pushing X to shoot magic at it, that kind of thing. Pretty much. No menus yeah. for combat, anyway. You actually use your mouse Aww. to, like, swing your sword and stuff. It's kind of cool. Oh, they could totally port that to the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds just like Zelda Skyward Sword. We'll see. Like on the Wii, it would take like eight discs. We'll see. I played the first <laughs> two. One I played. Disc is just glitches. I played Arena and Daggerfall, which were the first two Elder oh, wow. Scrolls games, and Arena was actually pretty awesome at the time because like, whoa, you're using your mouse, and like the way that you move your mouse is the way that you move the sword, dude. And horrible 3D. Oh. But, I don't know, it was cool. I've time. only really followed the series back to Morrowind. Mm-hmm. But I like that, and I got addicted to it, and I got addicted to Oblivion. Skyrim is just, like, infinite. There's so freaking much I can do, and so much time I can just kill on it. Well, see, the same thing was kind of said about Daggerfall when that came mm-hmm. out. Like, I remember trying to get to, like, the end of the world. I went to the furthest north town and then just started running north. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, eventually, I did just like run into a wall because it has uh, like generated maps for all of the space between towns and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can, as well as like going to travel and clicking and it telling you, oh well, it took you five days to get here. You can also actually walk, except that it will take you, you know, hours and hours of playing the game mm-hmm. to actually walk that far. So. I found, because I, I actually have played Skyrim, and I, I find that some of the most fun I have in the game is just from getting to point A to point B. Like, I tend to get kind of yeah. bored, and I think this is a lot of people's experience, too. I tend to get kind of bored with the actual quests, but when it's just me, you know, wandering around, exploring, finding caves, finding uh, vampires that need to be killed, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, I have like 100 hours into it, and I think I've done oh three or four quests <laughs> on, the, on the main quest line. And I, I just screw around doing all the side quests and just nothing quests, just stupid things going around blowing up deer. <laughs> I, I do find that the scope of the game to be almost overwhelming at times. Like, I'll just sit there and be like, what do I do? There's yeah. like, I have like eight side quests to do. <laughs> and there's oh, more. Every eight person if you're lucky. Talk, yeah, eight, I know. Every person I talk to has something else they want me to help them with. <laughs> be self-sufficient, you losers. <laughs> 
I don't think that I've ever played Daggerfall in all the times that I've like tried to play the game. I don't think I've ever played the actual story of the game. <laughs> so it took actually like I think four years for me to finally beat Oblivion to beat the main quest of Oblivion. Because I kept getting sidetracked after, like, hour 300. <laughs> I'd just be like, you know what, I'm going to go play another oh, game now. I've never once played a game for that long. <laughs> Sadly, that was, like, my third playthrough, and they were all, like, 1 in 200 hours. <laughs> That's amazing. So I, I played it for, like, probably five or 600 hours. <laughs> Sounds like Skyrim comes highly recommended by the game Cola Staff. Thanks. It was, it was very, very good. All right. And number one, um, this is Game Cola's... Game of the year. Uh, it's not going to be any surprise to many of our listeners who have already read the article. Phoenix Wright. You don't know Jack. Oh. <laughs> Hector Badge of Carnage. That was actually one of the honorable mentions uh, that I didn't mention. <laughs> How is it an honorable <laughs> mention it if it's not mentioned? <laughs> it's an honorable unmentioned. <laughs> we don't want to mention that game. Unmentionable honor. No, but I'm going to say that most of the people in this room probably also know what this game is at this point. I would say so. There's there's really only one thing left, and that is Portal 2. Oh, what? I've heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of that game. What? Game I haven't what? played it. Portal You're joking, right? Yes. Uh, no, I'm not joking. I haven't played it either. It's I, probably I, for a system I've never heard of. Well, I've oh, heard of the sure. Xbox. <laughs> I remember very vividly when we got an email from Valve uh, asking if we wanted to cover the the uh, pre-release, or the, not the pre- a preview event for Portal 2. And I and turned I, it down I, yeah, because I've never heard of it. <laughs> I tried so hard to send you to it. <laughs> you wouldn't do it. Portal 2. Was that the one I ended up going to at PAX? No, no, this this was one um, around E3 time. And, yeah, um, E3, okay. yeah. So as Michael being our only Californian uh, correspondent, I, I tried to, but apparently California is like, Oh, like a really big state. So it wasn't actually anywhere near it. Like he was. No, 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 to no. I, I have family there. I could have definitely spent the weekend with you them. You monster! <laughs> because I don't want to go and see some game I've never heard of. Oh, oh yeah, right. I, I seem to recall you saying too. You didn't want to go see some first-person shooter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which because every the- single game I haven't heard of is a per- first-person shooter. That's that's basically what this list has <laughs> told to us. Credit, to be fair, it is first-person. You do shoot portals, so... No bullets, though. No, no bullets. Well, not that you're shooting, anyway. So, Portal 2, Game of the Year. This this I was this was my vote. I just don't right. see how it could be Game of the Year. You don't think so? No. Mm-hmm. Why not? It's, it's great, and it builds upon the first one quite a lot, but I always felt that the first Portal game was just a tech demo. It, it just showed off, oh yeah, look what we can do, and then that's it. Well, I think it's not the uh, the portaling so much. I think everyone really particularly enjoys the puzzles, but I think it's more the characters and and the story. I, and I really did the enjoy the story, the story this time around. I thought it was a great combination of everything. The, the gameplay was really fun. The humor was actually funny this time. <laughs> it wasn't just blown out of proportion like, this is the most hilarious thing ever. <laughs> it actually was really funny this time. And... I, I thought everything was just great about it. So I, I can understand even I was torn on my game of the year. This was very close second for me. Yeah. And the co-op not, was really fun, too. Oh, the co-op's wonderful. I'm finally starting to get into that with my wife after, uh, I think it was Nicola who, who swore up and down that there would be no spoilers in co-op because she hasn't finished single player yet. Yeah, so. they're like two completely separate things. And My cousin I and I played through that. We I, haven't played that DLC yet, though. I did not play Portal 1 first, and I was kind of skeptical going into Portal 2 because the same reason I was skeptical about Portal 1 is just there are certain kinds of puzzles that I just don't enjoy because they frustrate me, but I just had a complete blast of this game, and I, I quickly became very obsessed with playing it, playing all playing all the, uh, the bonus levels, going back, playing Portal 1, getting Portal 1 on the orange box so I could play it again and get more achievements, <laughs> and then do the bonuses on that disc, and I just, I loved everything about this game. And you can play Team Fortress, too. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, it had uh, some Half-Life games I'm interested in checking out, too, so it wasn't just the achievements. Yeah. Although I didn't really like Half-Life 1, so I'm kind of hoping the other the other ones are better. I never played it, actually. I, only, I started with two. Okay. Put them together and you'll get a full life. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I swear, Half-Life 2 is I, infinitely I've been better told than I need the first that. one. Half-Life 2 is infinitely better? Infinitely better than the first one. Okay, cool. I, don't, I already forgot what I didn't like about the first one. Just that I... Or maybe it wasn't so much I just liked it, I just never got into it. My problem with it was it was just all corridors. 
Uh, Half-Life 1 was just all corridors. So Portal 2, mm-hmm. game of the year. Yeah. Game of the year. This is so unceremonious. No. <laughs> okay, let, let's do Whoa. a German Game of all. the year! Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. Et There we go. Well, we don't have, like, a big audience of people to applause is the thing. I mean, we could applause, I guess. Yeah. Yay. You mean applaud? Yay. No, I mean applause. For... <laughs> Actually, uh, I was just editing the last podcast or the podcast that's going to be coming out uh, next week. And uh, yep. Michael Gray... Uh, Me? Yeah, yeah. What is the uh, the holiday on the 14th? Valentine's Day? Okay, this time you said it correctly, because the entire podcast you were saying Valentine's, and I was oh. I was having trouble deciding if you were joking or not. You have to go back and edit an N into each one. Yes. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Yeah, I, 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 I tend to pronounce it like Valentine. Yeah, and I didn't notice it at first, but then as you were talking more about it, I was like, he keeps saying it. <laughs> Valentine's Day. It's a it's a different holiday. It's a holiday where you just sit down, and you listen to nothing but Richie Valens all day. Oh, that's yeah. Valens times. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, oh, well, I got a question. Did the, oh, did the uh, Nintendo 3DS get voted for most disappointing? Well, it's not a video game. Yeah. So it was not on the list. It was not. It was not on the ballot. Oh. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, what what were our what were our other categories? Oh man, you're gonna make me bring up the list. Uh, most innovative. I think I have it. Oh, I, I can find it. Yeah, there was uh, quite a, a number of. Yeah, no, well, we added a new one this year, and we added a couple new categories last year too, and, and didn't uh, axe any of them. Oh. We had a lot. We have uh, best license game, remake or re-release, use of motion controls. <laughs> really. New- yeah, nobody nobody seemed to like that one. <laughs> I for one loved it. <laughs> best new character, most innovative, best story, most disappointing, funniest, best new peripheral or accessory, best multiplayer, best indie game, best PC game, best console, best portable, best downloadable, and staff member of the year and game of the year. So uh best peripheral, was that the the boat? No, it was no. Michael Jackson's sparkly gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually was on the ballot. Michael's not making that up. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, and it actually received a number of votes. What happened to the boat, or was that last year? Well, I there think was, that was last, last year. Well, actually, there were two boats. Two believe boats. it or not. Well, last last year had the game boat, and this year uh, Nathaniel uh, at least attempted to nominate something uh, that claimed to be the Wii canoe. <laughs> but uh, upon further, like it was a. Uh, it was at some gaming convention, I'm not sure where, where uh, people were playing some sort of Wii Sports knockoff in an actual canoe that appeared to have holsters for Wii remotes in it. <laughs> and uh, bloggers all over the, the country decided to call that the Wii Canoe, but uh, upon further research, all I could find were, were blog posts about this event from people making fun of it, and no actual <laughs> mention of this thing being sold anywhere, so I, I couldn't Damn. put it on the ballot. That's such a shame. Yeah. I'm really torn on the Portal of Power, though, in the peripherals. Yeah, that the, from Skylanders. Like, part of me thinks it's really cool for kids to be able to get toys, and then they stand them up on that thing, and the toys in the game. And another part of me thinks, what a scumbag thing to do to make you go out and buy like <laughs> these ten dollar figures that you put on this thing just to unlock yeah. something that's already in your game. You no, know, what would make it is if you could use any toys with it. That would be awesome. Yes. Then I could have like Lion O on there, and I'm Thundercatting around. That would that would that would make that so much more better. Wow, more better. Nice. More better. The grammar cast. Betterer. Betterer. Better. <laughs> Thank you. Hope you have a betterer Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So best licensed game. Madden twenty eleven. Madden oh Madden was not nominated. <laughs> Oddly. I don't hmm. I don't know if I could classify that as... I guess, it, I mean, it's That's a license. a sports game, game. yeah. It uses the NFL license, do we, okay. Do we have... Well, it also uses Madden. I would call that a license. John Madden himself. Yeah, well, pretty much. <laughs> I don't know if it's license. what's meant, but yeah, uh, it is a license game. Okay, okay, well, I, I, could, I could buy that argument. Uh, it's just that it'll never get nominated, so who no, cares? No, not on, we, on game call. Do we have a sports game section to vote on, Adam? No. We have... <laughs> Published, I think, at least three or four sports reviews in Game Cola's uh, almost 10-year history. But it was like, 
NHL 93 or something. <laughs> 94, NHL 94, sorry. Wii Sports Resort. <laughs> uh, and Mark Friedman uh, reviewed Madden 93, I think, pretty recently. Tech we Mobile. should totally just do a theme month sports reviews. <laughs> we would lose all of our readers. Uh, maybe that should be our uh, April Fool's Day thing where we all just do sports all yes, over the place. Yes. But now you've said that, everyone will know. Yeah. Oh. Cut it we'll out, Cut Jay. it from the podcast, yeah. yeah. No, I was thinking either that or everybody writes a review of uh, Maniac Mansion. <laughs> everybody on staff write about now. Maniac Mansion for uh, April Fool's. I was actually thinking almost the same thing, but every article should be about the Nintendo game Nuts and Milk. <laughs> Just because I what? think that's the weirdest name for a game. What? Such a thing exists. There is a game called Nuts and Milk. I'm firing up Google now. Wait, nuts in milk or nuts and nuts milk? And actually N apostrophe milk, oh. I believe. It's totally crappy, but it just has a weird name. Actually, Booby Kids is probably a weirder name. The, the box art for the um, MSX version looks ugly. <laughs> that would be a good adjective to describe the game. It looks like a giant egg with a strawberry. Yep. No, an apple on its head. PC games. We only we nominated like three DS games, three 3DS games for best portable. <laughs> They're all DS games on this list. Oh, there were some PSP, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, but no. Yeah. Well, 2011 was not a good year for the 3DS. <laughs> were there? Well, yeah. the 3DS was not a very good console for any year. Oh. Did uh? <laughs> were there any other interesting things to note about the uh, voting? Or the uh, nominations? Uh, I can look, but I, I don't want to spoil any of the categories for anyone else who's in the recording right now, yeah. any of the winners. But uh, I think I nominated most of the characters. <laughs> you did? No, Matt Jonas, you were like the hero of the nomination process. <laughs> it was awesome. Well, Matt Jonas does kind of do everything around Game Cola. Yeah, you really yeah. have to fill in the ballot. <laughs> well, let's see, there were... Uh, hmm. uh, okay, I did appreciate for, uh, for best downloadable game... Um, Someone nominated Putt Putt Saves the Zoo for iOS. That was me. I, I nominated that. <laughs> no, here's my question with the um, you know, the iPad iOS. Do those count as portable games or downloadable games? I've been counting them as downloadable games just because you download them. But really, we, we, I'm hesitant to do this because we already have so many categories. But we probably should just introduce an iOS-specific category at some point or mobile game or something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Which is I, maybe different from portable how? <laughs> well, portable would be a synonym. Portable would be for dedicated consoles. Mobile would be for cell phone games. Yeah. Which which are which are very different. I don't know I because then if you take something like an Android tablet or like a small Android um, unit, <laughs> would that come under portable or would that come under mobile? And some of the games are on either one. Well, the, I would yeah, say I don't know. the mobile. best portable game category specifically for retail games on handheld video game systems. So they are for, selling the iPad, I think, at, at GameStop now. Yeah, but I mean, it's for games that you buy on a disc for a video game system. Okay. The, the downloadable category, then, is for games that are just digital releases for either uh, video game consoles or for your iOS devices. Okay, so what about DLC? Where where does we that... don't have a DLC category? Okay. We should totally have a DLC category. We should. We the didn't. most rip-off DLC of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually debating that maybe we can have an article that had like like a superlative award kind of thing, where it's like uh, Mark Friedman wanted to do best use of beards, for example, in a video game, <laughs> stuff like that. I think we should send up our own game of the year <laughs> awards. Yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> Best beers of the year goes to the Seven Dwarfs and Connect Disneyland Adventures. I hated that game so much. I thought you loved that game. No, I was going to love that game. I was ready to love that game, and then I didn't love that game, and it was very—it was my choice for most disappointing. And I kind of wanted to rig the vote so it win, but only one other person voted for it. Surprisingly, it was not it. enough to defeat the Juggernaut that was Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> that game was just. Worse, there was nothing about the game that made me feel like I was in Disneyland. It was a game that made me feel like I was waving my arms around in a digital reproduction of Disneyland. Granted, the reproduction was very nice, but when I went to the actual rides, it was like, hey, now you're in Connect Adventures. Isn't that awesome? This has nothing to do with anything. Have fun. <laughs> Just a massive... Dis like The whole point of the game was that it was supposed to be like 
going to Disney World, or at least it was in my head. It was supposed to be like going to Disneyland from the from the comfort of your apartment, and it was just like playing a mini game fest with an open world environment. It was just awful. So your problem was that there was games in it rather than yes. making you sit around it's, and watch a big like if, uh, if it was a, a big... game about me sitting on the on, <laughs> on it's a small world and just looking at stuff. That would I would it would have been my game of the year. Just you like video footage of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Yes, that would. Oh man, that would have been so great if they included like classic rides. <laughs> Dude, I think that's still at Disneyland, but it's not at Disneyland. Oh, Disney it still World. is at Disneyland. It still oh, is at Disneyland. I can confirm. You'd only be favorite. happy with a Disney World game if you were standing in a queue for ages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that's that's a fair point. I don't actually know what the Disney Disneyland or Disney World game would have to do to make me happy. But whatever it is, this game did not do it. Well, like, uh, when I lived in New York, there was, like, a local amusement park that we would go to. And one of the rides was... You sit and watch basically a ride. You don't actually go on a ride. You sit and watch a movie of a ride. There was one of those in theme park on the on the old consoles. There was like this giant spaceship they'd climb into and then it just wobbled back and forth and it played a video. Well, I mean, there are, you know, that's a popular thing to do if you go to like Disney World or anything uh, or Universal is that they actually will have rides where like, you go into a box and the box moves around as you're watching the video. But this was literally like like the Ellen DeGeneres dinosaur ride at Disney World. Universe of Energy. Is that? The, I hope that's still around. I'm going to Disney World. This it is better stuff. Yes. It is. Or at least last time I went, that was like three years ago. Okay. But I think it's still there. Well, but, it probably is now because Ellen's like way more popular than than she was. But sadly, the Back to the Future ride was destroyed. Was yeah. it really? Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, they got rid no. of it. They put the same thing in. It's just the Simpsons now, yeah, and it's yeah. it's awful. Oh, it's been that way well, for I'm definitely years. not making a stop at a Universal then. Jeez. I know it's heartbreaking. Ugh. But uh, no, the the ride I'm talking about was literally like, you just walk in and you watch a movie. There was absolutely nothing, <laughs> at all. Is it a uh, Mission Did to they... Mars? Because <laughs> I know there was one where they showed like the Earth getting smaller on the floor and the Moon getting bigger on the top on the ceiling. And that was the whole ride. No, this was just like you were watching a roller coaster. I did, think. Did, wait, did, oh. did the seats move? No, like back and forth. No, nothing. Oh, okay. Nothing oh. happened at all. So it's, just... it's not like uh, that Star Wars ride <laughs> at Disney World. No. Oh man. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Did they call it a ride, or I mean, it don't like theme parks sometimes have a place where you can just sit and watch a movie for a while? I don't know. I know that on the moving rides with the movies in it, they have spots for uh, cripples <laughs> that don't move. <laughs> No, but I, I'm thinking of something more like, you know, like the Muppets 3D yeah, program. Oh, basically, yeah. you sit in a theater and watch a movie. Yeah. That's the yes. point. Yeah, but that's... that horrifying one at Animal Kingdom where a thing pokes out of the back of your chair and stabs you. Oh, that was, that creeped me out. Yes. Oh, man, I want to go to Disney World right now. I know. Anyway. All you need to do is fire up your Xbox 360, <laughs> put in <laughs> Disney World Adventures, and yeah. you're there. After, after, like, two hours, that game just went straight to Guzix. I couldn't. I, it was it was heartbreaking. Is the word for that game? We'll take a game cola trip to Disney Quest. Yes. <laughs> I was just gonna say we should have a, Disney, a game cola field field trip at some point. <laughs> Maybe to celebrate our tenth anniversary that's coming up in April. Oh wow! Right. Yeah. Dis- Disney Quest or Fun Spot? Fun Spot. That'd be a good choice. And right around the corner from you. Anyway. So uh, I think we're about done with this podcast, are we? Or we're about done. Um, something else I just noticed scrolling, th- scrolling through the list of nominees, that half the games for best game of the year were also most disappointing. Yes. That, I've seen Bachman, most- Arkham yeah. City, Brink, or that wasn't... Oh, no, Bastion, Bar- Batman, Arkham City. I think, I think Portal 2 was even nominated for, uh, by someone. Skyrim. Yeah, yeah I, no- I nominated that. <laughs> and Legend of Zelda. So I, I was, for a moment, I was wondering, it's like, which list am I reading? Game of the Year or Most Disappointing? Yeah. No, the, the voting for that one was pretty much Runaway, Duke Nukem Forever, though uh, Connect Disneyland did tie for second, but that's just because, like, two people voted for it. I guess I'm the only one that voted for Brink. <laughs> uh... Pretty much, yeah. And Go- Goldeneye Reloaded, I thought that was going to be Goldeneye, the original one, but it was like oh, the no. Wii one. But the There's Wii one's supposed to be good, it. isn't it? It's okay. Like it's, it's not great, but it's okay. Yeah. It, it's got to be better than Goldeneye Rogue Agent on PS2. <laughs> I would imagine so. That game was a nightmare. Yeah. So No listener mail in this episode, Jetty. No, surprisingly, we didn't get any. However, if someone did want to email us, uh, how would they do that? They would send a message to podcast. That's podcast at gamecola.net if they want to ask us any questions, 
suggest a topic for us to talk about, or to just tell us how much they love us. Yeah, I mean, we also do have an actual internet website, uh, GameCola.net, where if you're listening to this podcast on the website, you can also scroll down a bit and uh, make a comment there. You can. And uh, if you're listening to iTunes, or even if you're not really, you should go onto iTunes, rate us really high on there, maybe even leave a little review, help us grow. Yeah. Of course, most of you are probably watching this on YouTube. Uh, You can always leave a comment on the YouTube video. And I read every one. I'm not sure anyone else does, but I do. I sometimes sometimes read the comments on Ace Attorney. (laughs) Uh, Apollo Justice. That's your own video. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we didn't get a chance to do it this time. We ran out of time, but um, Jetty, do you want to? Should we solicit for uh, any future call-in guests, perhaps? Yeah, if you guys want to send an email to podcast@gamecola.net and tell us uh, either your Skype name or your uh, telephone number, we can add you to our guest list. And if we have time, which sadly we didn't in this episode, we'll give you a call and uh, maybe you can answer a question that we had trouble with during the podcast. I think that's about it, Jetty. Yeah. So uh, okay. Happy 47th uh, podcast. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Jetty. Yeah, no problem. I'm always here. So, uh, well, <laughs> goodbye, everyone. Bye. 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 Number number wonderable. Ugh. You can edit that out. Please. <laughs> no. Yes, please. Okay. Um. <laughs>